0: SECTION 37 OF FROM THE TOWER WINDOW OF MY BOOKHOUSE This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Daniel Hennis. FROM THE TOWER WINDOW OF MY BOOKHOUSE Edited by Olive Bupre Miller A Tale of the Cid and His Daughters Retold from Spanish Chronicles of the Seed in the days when throngs of black-skinned moors swarming across from the african shores had overrun the fair lands of spain when the slender towers and minarets of many a graceful moorish castle crowned heights that once had owned spanish sway then arose the most dearly loved of all spanish heroes to fight against these intruders Ruy Diaz, called cid or chief and campeador or champion in the seed was embodied all the peculiarly spanish spirit its faults and its noblest virtues faults in truth he had many and ugly but largely they were the faults of his time results of the sadly mistaken standards held good in that long vanished age and in spite of his faults he looms up head and shoulders above the men that surround him a figure of courage and loyalty so far as he understood those virtues in a century of darkness i ask nothing but justice of heaven and of man only a fair field such was the standard with which the seed faced life and fared forth on his adventures for long years there was no sword so ready and gallant as his in loyal defence of his king no heart so staunch to maintain the best that it knew of honour And so there rose those about the king, Don Alfonso, who grew jealous of the cid and sought to find occasion to incense the king against him. The greater the number of victories won by the cid against the Moors, the greater grew the number of foes who envied him his honors. At last these petty enemies poisoned Alfonso's mind and persuaded him that the cid was in secret league with the Moors. In a fury, Alfonso ordered his faithful servant at once into exile. And so the day came when Uridias must leave his home and the country he had so earnestly aimed to serve. With eyes overflowing with tears, he looked back and saw the hall deserted where he had lived so happily. Household chests unfastened and empty and thrown about in confusion, doors left carelessly open, and balcony and garden all bare of their graceful seats. It was a sad and mournful sight but as the seed rode away there were many good men who went with him among whom was none more beloved than alvar fañez his cousin news of the campeador's banishment spread like wildfire over castile people were both indignant and dismayed for they loved their champion wholeheartedly, and trusted in him above all others to defend them from the moors therefore many left homes and high offices to follow him into exile as he rode through the streets of burgos where he was born the people stood weeping beside the road yet not one of them dared to offer him even so much as a single night's lodging for alfonso in his anger had sent letters to the city forbidding the people to shelter the cid under pain of the direst penalty so they who loved him could only greet him with tears nor had they the heart to tell him of the stern edict against him at length a little maid summoned the courage to tell the great chief the truth sadly he turned away outlawed from his best beloved city now the wife of Ruidius, the lovely ximena with her two little daughters was at this time at the monastery of saint peter's beyond burgos and thither the seed made his way in the gray light of dawn while the inmates of the monastery were still at their prayers, he and his company appeared at the gates. In the courtyard, beneath the flaming, smoky light of torches and tapers, the cid caught his little girls up in his arms and embraced his beloved wife. The abbot made a great feast for the campeador that day, but on the following morning, after giving into the abbot's hands a sum of money for the support of his wife and children, the cid bade farewell to them all. He embraced and blessed doña Jimena and the little girls and wept over them for he knew not how long they were to be parted then he rode sadly away but he looked back continually over his shoulder so long as his dear ones remained in sight man of no country that the seed was now he must needs win himself a country so he and his followers rode straight against the moors battle after battle he fought with the intruders till the time of his exile had stretched into many years gradually eight towns owned his sway and at length in the year ten ninety four he succeeded in capturing the great moor stronghold of valencia and restoring it to christianity now that he had once more a fixed abiding-place there rose in his heart the deep longing to have his beloved wife and sweet daughters with him again so he sent Alvar Farnes loaded with gifts, to the king, to pray him to allow Doña Ximena and her children to come to Valencia. When Alvar Farnes delivered his message and gifts to the king, reporting how Diaz had conquered Valencia and many other cities and castles in the name of the crown of Castile, Don Alfonso was greatly rejoiced. True, the seed's old enemies began to murmur, Any man could have done as much but the years that were past had enabled the king to estimate more justly the faith of his most loyal subject and he cried to these petty foes hold your peace for in all things rudius the cid serves me better than any among you he not only granted permission to Doña Jimena and her train to go to the cid but offered to send a guard with them to the border how joyously then Doña ximena and her daughters elvira and sol set out from the monastery to rejoin the husband and father they had not seen for so many years as the cavalcade drew near valencia the cid came forth to meet them riding the beautiful horse babieca that he had won from the moors a venerable figure he was for in the day of his exile he had vowed never to cut his beard until he should be recalled and thus the hair on his chin had grown to such remarkable length that it had to be bound back out of his way by means of silken cords the meeting of husband and wife father and daughters was too full of joy for words smiles and tears alone could express what was in their hearts then the seed led ximena and her daughters into valencia and showed them over the whole great city which owned him lord he showed them the shady gardens and the sea, and from the top of the Alcazar, the highest tower of the town, he bade them look out over all the rich and far-reaching countryside that he had restored to Castile. For many months thereafter, nothing disturbed the seed's happy life with his family, but in the following spring came King Yusef of Morocco, with 50,000 moors to lay siege to Valencia the cid's own forces numbered no more than four thousand yet he had no thought but of victory soon after the moors had encamped he arranged that some of his troops should make their way secretly out of the town and attack the foe from behind while he pressed them in the front the moors caught thus between two forces and greatly overestimating the numbers of their foe fled in a panic allowing the seed an overwhelming victory and leaving behind to fall into his hands huge quantities of treasure among other things there was a splendid tent supported by two pillars of gold and this with two hundred horses Ruidius ordered sent as a gift to the king the horses each with a sword at the saddle and led by a child were presented to the king by alvar along with the splendid tent of king yusef alfonso was overcome and admitted that never before had a spanish king received such a gift from a vassal now there were present at the ceremony two worthless young men of noble family named diego and ferrando gonzalez the infantes of carrion these young men stood high in the favor of alfonso because of the importance of their family but at heart they were selfish and vain cowardly and cruel perceiving what rich gifts the cid was able to send the king they schemed between them to possess themselves of some of his wealth by suing for the hands of his two daughters the king lent a willing ear to their proposal and he bade alvar faez tell the cid that he had promised the maids in marriage to the infantes of carrion such was the message that alvar fanez bore back to the cid and his wife and sad were they to receive it their daughters were no more than thirteen or fourteen years old and though that was not unusually young in those days for maidens to wed still they had thought to keep unbroken for some time to come their little family circle that had been for many long years so sadly separated moreover their hearts much misgave them as to the nature of these two infantes and yet sighed the good Doña Jimena, if it be the king's will what can we do to prevent it and so the seed bent to the wishes of the king obedient as ever then there was much hurrying to and fro both in the court of castile and the city of valencia clothes were furbished up horses and mules were brought out richly caparisoned and the infantes of carrion devised for themselves the richest of toilets at length the cid leaving his wife and daughters went to meet his future sons-in-law with a most magnificent retinue the infantes were escorted to the banks of the tagus river by don alfonso himself there for the first time in many years the king and ruidias met the king marveled much at the cid's remarkable beard and was almost overawed by his dignity and the pomp with which he was surrounded when the Cid entertained don alfonso and the infantes at a banquet the chief men were served from dishes of gold and no one was asked to eat from aught less precious than silver the infantes were quite dazzled by the sight of so much treasure and were more than ever anxious to wed the campeador's daughters when the banquet was over, the King, having assured himself that Diaz meant to obey him, returned to his home while the Cid escorted the Infantes to Valencia. Dona Jimena and the two young girls received Diego and Ferrando with every grace, and all things were done to make them comfortable and happy in due season. The wedding took place, and the festivities lasted for fifteen days gala arches were raised in the streets rich tapestries and embroideries were hung out from the balconies and ladies flung down garlands on the bridal couples as they passed after the wedding the infantes still lingered with their brides in valencia and now alas the seed could not but see with deep sorrow that his sons-in-law possessed neither courage nor nobility one afternoon it happened while the seed lay sleeping in the hall that a huge lion kept in a cage in the courtyard, escaped from its keepers. The infantes and others were playing at chess in the room with the sleeping seed, when they were suddenly startled half out of their wits by seeing the lion glaring angrily just at their very elbows. All present, with the exception of the infantes, thought first of the sleeping seed, and rushed to his side to protect him but diego and ferrando thought of naught but their own precious skins ferrando the younger scrambled under the bench where the seed was lying and with such speed that he burst his doublet and tore his mantle while diego fled to a door which opened down into the courtyard and blindly jumping out fell among the lees of a wine press, thus making himself ridiculous and utterly spoiling his finery at the sound of the lion's roar the seed awoke and seeing at a glance what had occurred he sprang forward laid one powerful hand on the lion's mane and led him back to his cage it was some time before ferrando pale and trembling crawled out from his retreat and diego wet and dirty came in from the courtyard but when they did appear the whole company set up a shout and spared no laughter at their expense stung by the ridicule the two young cowards felt compelled when next the moors threatened the city to make a great show of bravery and they boasted loudly of the mighty deeds which they should do in the battle this appearance of courage delighted the old hero but when diego saw a stout moor bearing furiously down upon him in the midst of the encounter he took to his heels and fled just then a spanish soldier appearing on the scene slew the moor and diego stopped running long enough to purchase from the victor the horse of the fallen moor he then returned to the city and boasted of the horse as a trophy which he himself had won by his bravery in the battle the seed was again delighted but in a few days the truth of the matter leaked out and the infantes became the objects of still more ridicule than before at length ferrando and diego began to resent so deeply the mockery that met them that being altogether unwilling to admit themselves to blame they argued by some roundabout method that the seed was responsible for it all and they planned to be revenged on him in the cruellest manner possible they would strike at him through his daughters his lovely and innocent daughters so they went to the seed and said we have lingered here for two years with you nor ever presented our brides to our parents pray let us take them back to carrion the thought of losing his daughters tore at the seed's tender heart when ye take away my daughters he said ye take my very heart-strings nevertheless it is fitting that you should present them to your parents Doña Jimena's consent to her daughter's going was not yielded so readily but at length her judgment was overborne and she and the seed regretfully bade their daughters farewell while the lovely young things wept bitter tears at leaving their dearly-loved parents as a token of affectionate parting the cid bestowed on his sons his two most valuable swords tisona and colada won in course of battles against the moors and he sent his nephew filis munoz along as escort to his daughters two days after leaving valencia the infantes prepared to carry out their revenge they came, at sunset, to a beautiful oak forest called the Oakwood of Corpus, and here they prepared to spend the night. The trees grew thickly about, and wild mountains shut in the spot, abounding in savage beasts, but there was a clear green glade in the midst of the forest with a cool fountain nearby, and for this reason it was chosen for the encampment at sunrise next day the mules were loaded and the cavalcade arranged in marching order when the infantes gave orders for all to move on without them saying that they should follow later in company with their wives slowly and much against their will the escort under feles muñoz passed on out of sight and hearing and the four were left alone why are we left thus alone asked Doña elvira trembling you shall soon see, said Diego sternly. Then these two infamous wretches seized the girls by their hair, beat them cruelly, and kicked them with their spurs. After this they stripped them of their rich ermine furs and their mantles, and left them grievously wounded at the mercy of any wild beast. Now, Veles Munoz, though he had ridden on ahead, liked not the looks of things and being full of the darkest misgivings he left the escort at length and rode back at full speed to the fountain there he found his cousins alone and in such pitiful plight that they could not even speak casting his own cloak about the nearly naked women he bore them tenderly to a neighbouring thicket and there he watched over them all night for he dared not leave them to go in quest of aid lest some savage beast attack them strong man that he was he wept pitying tears over those two innocent girls who had suffered so unspeakable an indignity at dawn he hurried off to a neighboring village and there found a husbandman who was deeply bound by a debt of gratitude to the CID. with his help the two girls were brought to the village and tenderly cared for in the husbandman's cottage while Feles Munoz rode off to tell Ruidias what had occurred. On his way to Valencia, Feles met Alvar Fagnes, proceeding with a gift of Moorish treasures from Ruidias to the king. Hearing the sad tale of Feles, Alvar Fagnes went on in great grief and repeated the news to the king. Furiously angry, and knowing himself to blame for the marriage, Alfonso promised to hold a Cortes in three months at Toledo, and there force the infamous Infantes to answer for their deed. As to the seed, when he heard what had happened to his beloved daughters, he wept bitter tears. Yet he cried sternly to those followers who urged him to take speedy vengeance on the criminals, Nay, justice shall come to me through the Cortes. Do not stir mine anger more i wish not to commit a deed of violence i will wait the course of the law alvar fañez in returning stopped at the village where the two girls had found refuge richly rewarded the faithful husbandman and brought them under his protection back to valencia the cid came out two leagues to meet them but now he wept no more he greeted them with cheerful smiles though all of his company wept and he soothed them tenderly saying Ye are come home, my children, and God will heal you. Thus the girls were restored to the arms of their mother and father. On the day appointed for the meeting of the Cortes, the Cid went with much magnificence to Toledo, and he was there honored with a splendid seat at the very side of the king. Then came the craven infantes, most unwillingly, to answer before the assembly for the crime which they had committed quietly with splendid dignity the seed arose from his ivory throne first he but asked the return of his two good swords glad to get off so easily the infantes produced them at once then the seed demanded the return of all the money he had given the youths at parting this they were not so willing to yield but to this request also they agreed hoping again that no more would be demanded a third time the seed arose and now at last he thundered forth such a denunciation described the dastardly crime in such burning words that all men shrank away from the shame-basting and the cortes decreed as one man that the young cowards must answer for their crime by facing in the lists any knights whom the campeador might choose this was a terrible decree to such cravens as diego and ferrando the day of combat came and they stood in the lists against the cid's most powerful champions In such cowardly wise did they acquit themselves that they were most infamously defeated thereafter they were made to confess their crime publicly and evermore suffered the scorn and contempt of all good men as to the seat, he returned home with honor to his wife and daughters and not long thereafter the princes of aragon and navarre Proposed for the hands of the lovely young damsels. These two youths proved most worthy husbands, and the donas Elvira and Sol at length found a well deserved happiness which brought joy to the hearts of their mother and that hale old hero, their father, Ruidius, the campeador and cid. End of section thirty seven A tale of the cid and his daughters. Recording by Daniel Hennis